1: Hello my cat loving friends. We are back with our favorite vet, Dr. Kelly Cairns. If you have not heard from her previously, she's a smart cookie. She is an internal medicine specialist and she is the vice president. Excellence, medical excellence and education for over 400 thrive pet hospitals. I mean, that's a lot. And she makes time for us once a month to come and talk about how to keep our cats safe. We're gonna talk about some holiday dangers. This is very timely. So stay tuned right after this word from our sponsor.
0: Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio.
2: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I am your co-host Linda Hall here with my BFF
2: my beautiful blonde bombshell (laughs) Rita Reimers. Oh my goodness it's been a long time since anyone called me that I think you're the only person. So before we get to Dr. Kelly I just want to say those of you who follow the show 19 cats accounting I'm back up to 19 cats and counting again because we haven't built the sanctuary yet and two kitties in need came along that we're going to end up who knows where? And we can't say no. I know. Yeah. And these are problem. both challenge integrations. So Yeah, they are. We'll see how we'll this goes. We'll keep you posted. Linda, you've got a new quilt on your bed. Those of you looking at the video, I we'll see. I do. My it's hubby's beautiful. Aunt Peggy made it for us. It's gorgeous. Yes. But I want to talk to
1: Dr. Kelly. I know
2: I do, too, because we the have holiday part, two. because we talked about the food before Thanksgiving, and, and that podcast is still relevant for all the Christmas food, definitely, all the Christmas plants. But there's other things, we need as to well as about. Hanukkah and every other celebration yes. that you might run into. Absolutely.
1: Yes. So thank you for coming back, Dr. Kelly. We love you so much.
0: <laughs> you know, it's my favorite thing to do every month.
2: Yay!
1: Yay! It's our favorite thing too because we get to ask so many questions. So I have to tell you, I am a Christmas aholic. If it were up to me, like, everything would change in my house. Like, I have Christmas towels and the regular towel. I mean, just, it's everything to me. I don't have any of that. And I, I oh, I'm just obsessed. And my tree used to be the picture of OCD perfection. No two colors together and the lights just so. And I had this really pretty, like, holographic, prism tinsel. that just- can't do tinsel now. My tree doesn't look pretty anymore, Dr. <laughs>
0: I hear you. I feel you. Now, I'm Linda with you. I'm in my Christmas mode and holiday mode hardcore right now. I would do all the things and my tree has changed as well to make sure (laughs) that it's going to be safe for the animals. Uh, Try to make it as pretty as possible while we're at it, but I definitely have had to pivot what I call my Christmas tree decorational operational protocol.
2: I haven't had a Christmas tree since back when I still had Sadie Kitty. So since I think 2009 (laughs) was my last Christmas tree. If I'm ancient, it will
1: might be a little tabletop, but there will always be a tree. <laughs> but, you know, Arita was the one that was like, you can't have tins. Because before I became a behaviorist, you can't have tinsel on Alan didn't Yet, and I was just heartbroken, just heartbroken. You know, and all those precious ornaments, like baby's first Christmas. Don't put them at the bottom. They come out of the tote, they go back to the tote. They never hit the tree anymore. Not just because the cats will break them and I'll be mad at the cats, but because of the dangers of them getting cut by broken glass. So... Is the tinsel, is all of this real concerns, things that you've seen that have happened?
0: Yes, but there's hope. So there are some things, including tinsel, that fall into what I call my Christmas tree naughty list. And those would be the pine needles from a live tree, the tree water, the tinsel, the glass ornaments and other low hanging ornaments, and cords. Now, those are on the naughty list. However, there's some hope here. So you know your cat better than anybody. Trust your gut. We want to be prudent in an abundance of caution to minimize things that are high risk for your kitty. And if you have dogs, your dogs as well. But you also know your cat. So some cats are going to be more likely to be attracted to certain things than other cats. And I think we touched on this a little bit last month, but it probably bears repeating. You know, when I, I'll, g- I gave, I'll give the example again, I used to have a couple cats that even after they outgrew kittenhood, they still like to go up the tree to the top, causing the tree
2: over. I had one of those when I was married and my ex really was unhappy about it. Well,
0: you know, and- Then I also have had other cats who would rather die than do something like that. They're just not interested at all in climbing the tree, but they may be a habitual eater of anything that looks like a string. (laughs) So for those cats, for sure, we want to avoid tinsel. Now, I will tell you, in an abundance of caution, I have foregone my tinsel habit because I adore tinsel since I became an adult and started having many, many cats at my house, right? Uh, Because we definitely don't want to risk them ingesting the tinsel and and have either gastrointestinal upset or heaven forbid, a life-threatening intestinal obstruction. You know, there's other things you can use to decorate your tree, uh, but... Not all cats are going to be as attracted to tinsel as other cats. I had a cat once that was a habitual tree water drinker, and that caused a lot of tummy upset. So for a while, I had to pivot to an artificial
2: tree without the water. I think Linda's, you've got a- I've personal. always
0: had an- I grew up with that. You know, what you grow
1: up with is what you love. And I don't- I don't want to get a tree, and it makes a mess, no, and I, I love have to a real it, tree. and I have to buy a new one. Probably because I've never had one. I don't know the joy, so I'll just stay ignorant and keep with what I've got. But, you know, it makes sense. We hang little toys from scratching posts and things for them to get. And then we hang an ornament on the tree and are like, leave that alone.
2: (laughs) They don't know the difference. What do
1: we want? We dangle strings and fishing pole type toys. And then we hang tinsel and go, what are you doing? You know,
0: like, how are they supposed to know the difference? It's a really great point. And we all know those cats that like to take small things and carry them to places in the house because they think of those things as their babies. That's so cute, right? That's so cute. But to your point, how can they easily tell the difference between an approved cat toy that they can carry away as one of their babies that they love to cuddle with uh, versus something on the tree that is not really for them? And then heaven forbid, there could be a part of that object that then, if ingested, could cause a problem.
2: Linda tried to deter her cats
1: well, one year from year. That's funny you said that. I was just going to ask this. So here's the million dollar question we get over and over and over is how do I keep my cat out of the tree? So let me tell you what I tried. Long before becoming a behaviorist, I went to the pet store and I found this can that said to spray it on the tree and the cats will stay out of it. It smelled like something died. It was worse than a skunk. The cats didn't care, Dr. Kelly. The cats were still hanging in the living room. The humans avoided the living room because it smelled like dead skunk. So that was a huge fail. I have tried citrus under the tree. I have tried tin foil, and I think part of my problem is the sheer number of cats I have. So, well, plus, she you know, didn't
2: cut the oranges; she left them round, Doctor Kelly. So that was a ball yeah, to was play with, that, right? Yeah, they were batting it around the floor. They thought it was great. <laughs> What is a good deterrent? Is there any good deterrent? Is there I just gave up. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I am not aware of any sort of magic bullet deterrent other than the natural deterrent of avoiding those things that you know your cat or cats are going to be attracted to because every cat is a unique individual. And then pivoting what you're doing for your tree relative to what cats are around in your house and finding things to do with your tree that they will be less attracted to. You know, I've had folks say to me, hey, you know, we put up a baby gate to avoid our dogs from getting to our tree, but those types of things for obvious reasons are not a great deterrent for cats. Most of whom, unless, you know, they have arthritis or something are going to jump right over. So I think your best approach is to make whatever is on your tree not appealing for your cat based upon what you know your cat is attracted to.
2: <laughs> Decorate your tree with sprigs of thyme, Linda. That, that there you go. Time. Cats don't well, like
0: We've told people, we just had a client yesterday and we
1: said, you know, there are scents that cats don't like, but I will never say all cats or no cats because cats are weirdos. They are. And so I have 11 cats in the house. Maybe nine of them will stay away from the citrus, but two of them won't.
2: And then what about the menorahs too, Dr. Kelly, for Hanukkah? Those are candles. That's dangerous for cats.
0: Candles worry me all the time, to be frank, even if we don't have any animals in the house, because we do know that they can be a fire hazard, even with best intentions. Certainly, if you have animals, especially cats, who are known to knock things off of tables and counters, you know, who also could unintentionally brush up against a candle and get burned, I would recommend shying away from real candles and instead use LED menorahs or other candles if you you want. Um, If you must use a candle, I would strongly recommend putting it inside a vessel so the flame is not exposed. And of course, I think it goes without saying, never leave that burning candle unattended in your home or even unattended in a part of your home when you are in another part. I think that's just best practice, even if you don't have a cat.
1: What happened the last time you lit a candle in your house, Rita? How many years ago was that? (laughs)
2: That was a long time ago. It was when I lived in Charlotte the first time. And I had a garden tub. I used to take a lot of baths because I loved it. I put candles all around the garden tub. And my cat, Pumpkin, he loved water. He jumped in the tub with me and lit his underbelly on fire. But thankfully, he then jumped into the water, which put the fire out. So there's been no candles in my house since then. That was the last of the candles. And I'm a
1: candleaholic as much as I'm a Christmas freak. I would have candles, and I used to.
2: Oh, and not just that, too, Linda. We've both seen, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it, too, Dr. Kelly, Christmas Vacation, where the cat chews on <laughs> the cord to the Christmas lights on the tree. That's I awful. feel guilty Something for too. laughing every year. I know I, I can't wait to see it this year but that's also something else we need to be cautious about. Is that
1: these days as big of a problem the way the lights work? I mean would it electrocute the cat or would it just fry the the uh, Christmas lights?
0: Boy. Either one is not good, but certainly the former is even worse. You know, in an abundance of caution, I would not even recommend taking that risk. I mean, we want to just make sure that we have the cords out of reach or using even those pet safe cord protectors is really, you know, probably the best thing to do. You know, also, I think we can also look at what we can put in the room where the tree is or even around the tree that might be appealing to your cat. You know, so that they might want to go to the tree, but there's something else there that strikes their fancy. So if you, you know, maybe a new cat scratcher in the room to redirect their attention. Good idea. Right. So we can not only make the tree less engaging and palatable for the kitty, but put things tree adjacent, but not right next to it, but in the general area that are appealing to the cat to redirect them. I thought about that. I'm so glad you said
1: that. I've got a track that cat it makes that has the LED light up balls, you know, the track. I thought I could put that around on the outside and see if that will catch their attention. kind of like a train instead of, instead of, going, of yeah, a train. It, that is exactly what I was thinking. Like people put the little Christmas choo-choo around oh, there. T- if you I'm do that,
2: I dragon. want video. <laughs> oh, you'll get it. You know it. <laughs> you know it. You know what else, too? The bells. The bells and all the decorations. That that can be hazardous. That little clap around sign. I know Linda had uh, an incident where one of her cats was wearing a bell. And what did he do? He
1: bit it in half to take the clapper out. But you know, I said later, I have some Christmas earrings that are bells that I wear to Christmas Eve service to annoy my mother. She hates it because every time I move my head, they jingle your and I laugh. Mom. I know, right? What's wrong with me? I'm I love your am torturing my mother. But anyway, by the end of the night, I want those things out of my ears so bad because they've been driving me nuts going clang, clang, clang all the time. And I think a poor cat with a bell on their collar must be going nuts, especially with how much sharper their hearing is.
0: I will tell you, I tend to agree with you and I will tell you a funny story that once and now this is a dog not a cat but once I saw a dog to remove with an endoscope or a camera and a tube the Bell portion of a holiday toy that the dog had ingested and gratefully vomited up so it did not develop an obstruction but when it did that the bell portion did not exit the dog's mouth, but instead lodged in the back of the nose where the nose dumps into the throat. We call that the nasopharynx. It's where you would have postnasal drip. And so the dog came in and with every breath, it was <laughs> it Jingle, dog! Jing- Jing- jingle, dog. You cannot make that up. I <laughs> feel oh, bad for oh. laughing, but
2: that's funny. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, on that happy note, let's take a quick break okay. here from our uh, sponsor and okay. we'll be right back. And we're back with 19 cats and counting and the awesome Dr. Kelly. I know we just told a little funny and it was funny, but really it's no joke. Making sure that you know, your it's cats not. and dogs they stay safe around the holiday season. Especially when you're the one paying for the bill to have the dog removed <laughs> from the nasal pharynx. So that dog was okay. They got it out of the nasal cavity okay?
0: That dog did great. But we would have liked to avoid the general anesthesia and the expense to that dog's parents. I'll
1: tell you another one I was thinking about, and I wonder if you've seen any problems with this. So when I stopped begrudgingly using candles, my husband loves the smell of candles. So he bought a like a wax warmer, and one day somebody, I think it was one of the cats, kind of hit the cord, and it went flying, and that hot wax flew everywhere. Now, nobody got hurt. It wasn't anywhere near the cats, but I was like, wait a minute. I don't think it that's any been. safer.
0: That could have been scalded, right? Is this something that happens? That could cause a burn for sure. And some of the scented candles or wax warmers can also pose a respiratory risk if you have a cat that has asthma or sensitive airways too. So again, you have to look at the individual nuances of your kitty.
2: Even just the regular Glade plug-ins that aren't wax or anything. When I was a cat sitter, I'd walk into some people's homes, and I guess they're trying to cover up cat smell, and it would stink to high heaven because they had so many of those things. My hair would stink like it, and I don't think that's good for the cats either. See, or dogs. Of breeze or all dogs. Of that,
1: right? I did find poo makes something called Pet-Pourri that's got more natural ingredients, and there's no alcohol and nothing to I love this because I get a little bit of a scent. And I can feel very like I'm covering up scents I liked with something. It. And yeah, Rita's super sensitive to scents and liked it because I brought it to our hotel room in Cleveland. So that is something that I've been using like as a fabric refresher occasionally. But yeah, I had
2: to give up all my
0: all my good smellies.
2: So what else do we need to worry about with our cats specifically around the holidays, Dr. Kelly?
0: Well, I think we should talk about holiday plants, which is really just an extension of the general plant and flower conversation that I like to have with pet parents. But especially around the time of the holidays, when a lot of folks are putting flowers and plants into their house to get into that festive holiday feel, uh, especially some of those plants that we might reach for because of what they look like, keeping with the holiday spirit. A lot of plants are dangerous to cats, If ingested. And really, I want folks to really check with whatever company they're using to buy those flowers or plants, not just during the holidays, but any time of year to ensure that what they're buying is safe. A lot of plants and flowers can cause, and a best case scenario, tummy upset, vomiting, diarrhea, inflammation of the pancreas, what we call gastroenteritis. But some plants can actually cause kidney toxicity and acute kidney failure in cats, including a lot of, not all, but a lot of species of lilies. So not just for these holiday times, but for the Easter holiday season. Please be cautious when you bring flowers and plants into your house.
2: Yeah, lilies are exceptionally toxic for cats. Some people say poinsettias. Yes, they are. No, they're not. So they're not really poisonous, correct? But they can cause a lot of stomach upset. Correct.
0: Poinsettias falls into the bucket that a lot of plants and flowers fall into of being what's called a gastric irritant. And so even in relatively small quantities, we can irritate that stomach lining, causing the kitty to vomit in a a best case scenario.
2: Dr. Kelly, one thing that makes me nervous all year long, not just holiday time, is when I see people taking ribbon and string and dragging it along the ground and, and encouraging their cats to play with them. I know that's bad. They can ingest those things that can wrap around their intestines. Is that is that something to worry about? That is true. And so
0: you ladies know I'm a big fan of educating pet parents when cats are not small dogs because they're unique in so many delightful ways. And- This is actually one of those ways. So we worry especially about cats ingesting linear, or you said ribbon, string, linear objects, and the worry that that could cause an obstruction. And so what is it about kitties that makes us so worried about that compared to dogs? Because one could argue most dogs stereotypically will like to be indiscriminate eaters more than cats so why do we get so worried about the ribbons and the strings and the linear objects and this is a great example of where cats are unique because we all know and probably love since we love cats that sandpaper feel of a cat's tongue i know when o- i pick up oshi he loves to lick the side of my face and i kind of love how it's real rough feeling my it's sweetie does that every yeah. morning. <laughs> so sweet. Oh, so, and well, w- why does a cat's tongue feel that way? That sandpaper feel is actually many, many small barbs on the tongue that face backward, which actually benefits a kitty when grooming to help exfoliate or remove the fur and the hair in the grooming process. It is though potentially When presented with material like a string or other fabrics, the reason why they have an increased chance of ingesting those objects compared to dogs, because these barbs can act like Velcro and almost in some instances practically force the cat to continue to ingest and swallow the linear object rather than spit it out. And then of course, once swallowed that linear object can cause a serious problem, including accordion and scrunch together the intestines, which can require surgery. So I find it fascinating the why behind we get so worried about those linear objects. I'm so
1: glad you said that because Rita and I were talking and I said so many people, my cat's favorite toy is my hair ties. Let's be careful. Oh, my cat never eats the hair ties. And I, always until they do it in my head, I'm thinking until they do. And that explains it because we've seen it cats. They've had this favorite toy for 10 years and all of a sudden they ate it. And it's like, oh, we, yeah, she didn't for 10 years.
2: She did now. <laughs> <laughs> But the ribbon too, because it's such a cliche people show, you know, that's how you play with the cat with the ribbon. No. Well, now you know why in some instances
0: that cat may actually be trying to expel or get rid of that object, but they actually unintentionally continue to ingest it because of
2: those barbs.
0: I love that. I love learning things. Thank you. You always give me something.
2: (laughs) No ribbons, no bows, no strings.
1: Yep, exactly. Now, I'll tell you, one that has been a sticking point for Rita and I is cat toys, okay? They make cat toys for people, not cats. I'm sorry, and we um, ordered a few and did a video. This was probably at least a year ago. At like least. there was these Dr. Seuss things. And I pulled on their fuzzy hair and I just pulled it off in my hand. I mean, I wasn't being major destructo. Remember not-
2: the noodle bowl?
1: Yes. It was supposed to be like a ramen bowl with chopsticks. And the, the chopsticks were made out of like felt. And they and were I long. Said, and I said, I wonder how oh, look, it's in my hand. And uh, yeah, we were just tearing things apart. So that would be one of those linear objects like you were talking about. So give us some guidance on finding safe
0: toys, because most of it isn't, Han. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Certainly the different categories of toys that exist, all have potential risks. You know, the the wand toys with the string, the toys that that dangle from the edge of a of a table, um, again, the linear objects, sparkle balls, feathers, toys with bells we've talked about, and even some well-intended do-it-yourself toys, um, can can all prove a risk. And so, you know, here's the thing you know your pet best and you know your cat and what they're going to be attracted to to kind of know what's going to be a usual suspect for risk for your cat. And also anything is possible with any cat at any time. So, you know, There are some cat toy dangers we can mitigate or lessen if we do the following things. I think about like what are our um, best practices. First and foremost, if we are actively supervising playtime with that toy and intervening, if the cat starts doing something it shouldn't, eating the item or doing something we think is risky. So a lot of these toys that may be actually delightful for you and your cat to engage in time together could actually be a hazard if the cat is playing unattended. So, right. So I think let's distinguish if you're with your kitty versus if you're not. Uh, Second thing is certainly after you're done playing your game with your kitty, make sure you put those cat toys away because cats are hunters. They're a desert species. They're in ancient Egypt looking for that mouse. So they're going to find their way into your closet and your drawer if they have strong enough motivation. So make sure you've secured those toys when you're not around. And then last but not least, be aware. I want to call out a little bit those cute outfits, holiday time or otherwise you might put on your cat. And so if (laughs) some of our kitty levy friends are thinking, but do people actually do that? I'm going to raise my hand and say, that's me. Yes, me. How do you do it without getting bit? (laughs) <laughs> well you know only no I would never force a kitty but I actually have had some kitties in my life in my family who actually really seem to enjoy it really a couple cats and I enjoyed the process and I enjoyed the photos so I would never ever force a cat who doesn't want to wear those clothes but I did have a couple cats who really actually one of them I she would actually carry it around like a baby and Aww. um maybe you know <laughs> uh, this you know, Follow my best practices, though. We, we want to be aware of those outfits you put on your cat to make sure that you're not letting them, if they like outfits, be unattended and unsupervised with the outfit, as well as making sure you avoid any jingle bells or puffy balls that they may tear off. So I I want to put it out there. Some folks might be using outfits, but I think to your, to your point about the toys is it's avoiding those usual suspects that we know are high risk for all cats. Again, the feathers, the balls, the linear objects, the bells, and DIY toys that may have some of those things that aren't safe. But then again, making sure whatever toy it is that you are engaging in play with your cat so you can supervise the activity.
2: Tell us why the feathers are dangerous, Dr. Kelly.
0: So, you know, these are definitely enticers for cats, right? Soft feathers, it's a bird and your cat is going to want to engage with that. They may seem totally harmless, but if ingested, those feathers can create a choking hazard even before they get ingested. And then that sharp point on the end of the quill of the feather can cause, and I've seen it cause, lacerations or cuts in the mouth. So again, do I love feathers for cats that I've had in my life? who enjoy feathers on the end of what we call the sticky? Uh, Absolutely. And I think you can engage in safe, supervised play with those feathers in how I've already outlined, but but be careful. And I will tell you, I did have a cat that got a cut in their mouth because I was engaging in safe, supervised play with a feather and a sticky, (laughs) with a feather on the end. And we did get a cut from the end of that feather. So it's all about, caution and it's all about just being proactive to minimize those risks so you can still have safe fun with your kitty yeah, yeah there's so many I toys I
2: have I was just gonna say there's so many toys that have feathers and now cats love them
1: I cringe every time I see somebody with a wand toy on the floor I know because I had it happen once where I was playing I was still supervising so nothing bad happened but I had stopped playing and I had dropped the stick on the floor because they had lost interest One of the cats came over, bit the toy, and rolled on the floor. Got the string around his neck. And I was able to, like I said, I was right there. I was able to diffuse it. Had I not been right there, that would have been a
2: problem. Oh, I know as a pet sitter, professional cat sitter, I was for 20 years. I would see a lot of people that left those wand-type toys, things on a string, or the real popular one, the one with the long rainbow-colored felt, and they would just leave it out and not even think about the fact that the cats could do what you just said too easy. Cats are worse than babies. The the house
1: proofing, (laughs) the baby proofing. I really think my house is more baby proofed for my cats than it ever was for my human children. (laughs) I believe that the careful. I wanted to ask you too, we see a lot, you know, cats take their favorite toy and they stick it in their water dish for safekeeping weirdos. And then that green toy turns the water green. So something that I have always tried to do is run a toy under a little bit of water, dip an end in it, see if any of the water leaks. Is is that dye safe? Am I being too cautious?
0: Well, know what kind of dyes we're talking about. So I can't directly comment on whether all of those dyes might be safe or non-safe. I would recommend an abundance of caution. If you have a kitty that does like to moisten those toys or throw it in the water bowl, that you use toys that aren't going to have a dye that is at all going to come out in the water, right? And I think, you know, listen, we want our kitties to have fun. We want our kitties to have a good quality of life. I do think there are a lot of things we can do to choose toys and then again, monitor the play so that it's safe and okay for your kitties, right? So I would say, here's what I would recommend just in general, when you're thinking about what kind of toys, we talked about kind of what attributes of toys might make them on the naughty list, so to speak, but what are some things you do want to select for? So you want to look for, again, the the size of the toy to make sure it's not a size that is a, a risk to be fully ingested. Um, We talked about shape and making sure we're not doing linear long objects that can be ingested that are going to be a risk to your kitty. Look for a durable toy that can't be dismembered. That doesn't have little bits that that could be chewed off and swallowed. Again, look for a toy that doesn't have fabric with a dye that's going to come off if that goes into the water bowl. Look for sharp edges and avoid toys with sharp edges. And, you know, I'm a big fan of rotating the weekly toys. Only have a few available, right? You know, and then they're going to like them. They're going to not get bored keep a variety of types accessible. But if your kitty has a favorite, we all know they all have their favorite, like their favorite soft baby, right? Um, you know, maybe that one should be out all the time. Um, but, but making sure that that is machine washable or you have backups for when it needs to be clean. Um, and then I also enjoy giving kitties a variety, um, Giving kitties toys that have a variety of uses, right? Like some cats like a toy to carry, but they might want one that they pretend to kill. We all know that, right? Um, They like one they like to roll around with. They like one that they like to pretend it's their baby. Um, They like toys sometimes that they can find, right? If they have to find it, it's more attractive than a toy that you just lie in the middle of your carpet.
2: If you have a cat that likes to chew, we'd like to send people to uh, sodapup.com. It's really for dogs, but they make super chewer toys for dogs. And some of them are cat size. And if the dogs can't destroy them with their teeth, I don't think the cats so the can. The cat
1: shouldn't be able to, exactly. I'm so glad you said that about rotating because I, I tell a lot of our clients that track I was talking about earlier. When I first put that out, the cats were so all over that thing. I thought this is the greatest toy anyone ever made. This is like the toy. For a week, they gave that thing no rest. Second week, they played with it some. Third week, there's a track. What track? I don't know anything about a track. Mom got us a track. So I stuck the stupid thing in my closet because everybody was tripping over it. And about a week later, I brought it out and they were so excited. Look, everybody, mom bought us a new toy. It's a track. They were so thrilled. So I try, there's like three favorite in the prey toy category that I try to, you know, the snake goes away and the wobbly mouse comes out. Wobbly mouse goes away and the track comes out. Otherwise, they're not using it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we hear all the time. My cat doesn't play. Well, it's because you have the same toys out all, all the time. I hate to end this, but we're coming up on time to wrap up. Unfortunately, any last words of wisdom, Dr. Kelly, to make sure our pets have a safe, happy holiday season?
0: Well, you guys know I always like to leave our pet parents with that actionable toolkit so that they can have this month a safe, enjoyable and happy festive time with their pets for the holidays. So we're going to remember to avoid those plants and flowers that we know are dangerous and toxic to cats. We're going to use our best principles for our Christmas trees if we have a Christmas tree, as well as our menorah if we're doing uh, candles for Hanukkah to ensure our cat's safety, taking into account what you know about your cat's personality and what they tend to be more attracted to and not. And then we talked about the pillars of success and what's on the nice list for how you choose those toys for your cat. And we are also going to make sure in this holiday season now, more than ever, to give our kitties lots of love. They're valued family members during this cherished family time.
2: absolutely. And make sure you go back and review show 109, which was about holiday foods and plants, because all that advice still holds during the December holidays. Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and helping um, us and everybody listening have a safe happy holiday with their dogs and cats and of course linda thank you so much for always being my co-hostess with the mostest yeah I'll stuck with you i mean i'm stuck with you <laughs> and mark winter for giving us this wonderful spot on pet life radio we're so grateful and thankful for you too and of course our sponsors just remember everybody every day is Catter day have a wonderful holiday let's talk pets Every week on demand only on petlightradio.com